Hey everybody, another M-Class podcast has happened. It's probably a new year by now. Uh, maybe. We'll see when this gets to you. We're recording this in March, so we should have it done. March the 33rd. <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm a Josh. <laughs> Italian Josh. I'm a me, it's me. Spaghetti uh, and the meatballs. Spaghettios. I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, we're off to a real good start. I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, if you follow along with our podcast, uh, welcome back. I'm glad that all five of you are still listening. Yay! <laughs> if you're new to the podcast, then uh, every, I don't know, like month so far, we sit down <laughs> and we discuss uh, a bit of Star Trek. We gotta stretch these movies out. There's only like 13 of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, once we're get, right now we're just talking about movies, but right. once we we're, get through that, we'll start talking about Star Trek, the original series. We're gonna get into the show, which I started watching. Yeah, I started watching it like way before we were supposed to for this. Yeah. I started last night. I was like, oh, you know what else I started watching though? I started watching the animated series on Netflix. I've never seen it. It's pretty good. Really? It's not terrible. It I won some it. awards. It's it's all right. I, I'll say that. I mean, it suffers from that like seventies like Scooby Doo like uh, animation <laughs> yeah, the style. Terrible Hanna Barbera animation. Yeah, and one time uh, Chekhov goes into a turbo lift and then it comes out of a different one. I'm just kidding. It doesn't happen. Chekhov's not even in that series. He's not. He's like <laughs> fucking. He's a weird alien with an arm coming out of his chest. Yeah, they they didn't have the budget to bring back everybody, so they were yeah. just like, who fucking cares about Chekhov? I think with Sulu, they use some of uh, George Takai's, like, show dialogue. I don't doubt it. It's fe- doubt it feels it like it. <laughs> uh, but we're not talking about the animated series this time. Not yet. We might do it eventually, although... Next next month. <laughs> next month. Next month, we'll probably do another fucking movie. Yeah, 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 let's but do that. <laughs> this episode, we're doing Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Ugh. Directed by your friend and mine, William Shatner. Uh, uh, you uh, can probably tell that neither of us particularly enjoy this movie. This movie, uh, I got. I'm gonna be honest with everyone, including you, Jeff. Uh, including I said, me this time. I've seen. I've seen this movie probably about five or six times in my life. Uh huh. I sat down and watched this movie twice. Uh, the first time I fell asleep halfway through, <laughs> and then the second time I skipped around a whole bunch, and I was like, wait a minute, where did I leave off? And then I, like, skipped ahead, and then I was like, wait a minute, let me just skip ahead farther. <laughs> let me just get through all this tedious movie. Let me get through this shit, let's get to the end. And, like, so I watched it in, like, bits. Um, I don't think I really missed anything, though. No. It's, uh, the copy I was, uh, watching is, like, the Star Trek Anniversary Edition that has all the movies. Oh, cool. And, uh, the dialogue is about, like, 30 decibels lower oh than my everything god. else. I fucking hate that shit. Oh my god. It drives me fucking nuts, so I missed some dialogue, but That's I didn't, fine. I didn't miss it, if you, you know what I'm saying. You didn't miss it. Really, there's not a whole... Uh, Hell of a lot going on. <laughs> this this movie's directed by William Shatner, who also co-wrote it along with Harv <laughs> Bennett and some dude named David Lowry. Lawry, 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 Logs, 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 Log
luxury low harry (laughs) (laughs) oh my god uh yeah william shanner wanted to direct this right because leonard nimoy got to direct a bunch yeah he got to direct two fucking movies it's so now it's the shat's turn now it's shatner's turn oh boy and if this this movie taught me anything at all about uh man's relationship to god yeah. It's that William Shatner doesn't fucking understand Star Trek at all. Yeah. There's a lot of really stupid shit in this movie. S- uh, somebody, I was talking to somebody about it, and they said, uh, well, you know, at least it's not as bad as Nemesis. No, Nemesis is better than this. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, but it made me realize how much these two movies have in common, like behind the scenes. Yeah. Where it's like, well, these actors are getting old. What can we do? Let's do a fucking action movie. Right. Let's fucking pretend they're not old. Let's do a ridiculous, over-the-top action movie that has jack shit to do with Star Trek. I I brought up the animated series. This movie is like a cartoon, though. Like, this is a fucking cartoon. There is a moment in this movie where a three-tittied Catwoman jumps over a bar and has a fist fight with Captain Kirk. That totally happens. That's real. I didn't make that up. That has three tits. I don't know. You have Cats to be, have six tits. You have I don't to know be William Shatner to think that type of shit up. Dude, they wanted that. Uh, man, this movie, man. I, I don't even know where to begin. I guess we should start at the beginning, but, like, should we? <laughs> Just shut this whole fucking episode off. Should we do like I did the second time I tried to watch it and just skip it? <laughs> oh my the god. The end. What a great episode we just did. It's so good. This movie is terrible. Um, it's it's This is by far the worst one out of the original six. Oh yeah. By the, far. The funny part about it is it was the highest grossing opening weekend of any Trek movie up to that point. But the drop Man, off was so fucking steep. It's 89, dude. It's 1989. It came out in 1989. And if this movie fucking feels like it was made in 1989. Oh, yeah. Go go watch a bunch. Of, go watch, like, Back to the Future 2 and, like, this movie and, like, even some parts of, like, Bill and Ted are, like, creeping into that era at the beginning of this dude. era where, like, movies just were weird in this in this year. I don't know why. Dude, if you take, if you watch this movie and then you go watch any terrible sci-fi movie during yeah. the same period of time, they line up pretty closely with the whole like quasi-religious horseshit thrown I, in on top of it. I appreciate the sentiment of this movie. I appreciate the idea of like Star Trek not being, uh, you know, about superstition and believing in God or you know what? Not not believing. Damn, in God. you have just alienated a sizable portion. I don't of even our care viewers. <laughs> because if you're watching Star Trek and you don't think that they're skirting around being like, hey, we're fucking atheists. <laughs> yeah, they're right on the fucking periphery of that. It's There's right even a line there. in one of the Deep Space Nine episodes where Cisco says, "You know that humanity has no gods." Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like. I appreciate it, but there's a there's a TNG episode that's way better than this whole movie. The one where Picard goes to that planet oh, where they yeah. make a deal with the devil, like well, the whole he, planet. He meets like the oh no, I thought you were talking about the one where they go to the planet where the with the Mentakins and they think that Picard's God. Oh, that's a good one. That's that's a, a, that's a great episode. That's a fucking fantastic episode. That one is great. But the one where like um. Like the oh, devil yeah. is they, like, th- like these people. I promised them a thousand years of peace, and now I'm here to take over the planet as per our agreement. And like Picard's like, this is a con artist, and he has to like prove that it's like that a con was a artist. really great episode. 
Yeah. <laughs> Much better than this steaming pile of horse shit. Let's just talk about that episode. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is basically like they search for God and then they find uh, a planet and God's on the planet and he's Zordon from the Power <laughs> Rangers. And he wants a spaceship. Well, I'm, we're skipping ahead. We're, we're, we skipped we're ahead. We're joshing this shit right now. We skipped right ahead. <laughs> so, the movie begins with a scene uh, that makes you think you put in the wrong DVD. <laughs> where, uh... The Is Harry and the Hendersons? That came out in 1989, right? <laughs> uh, Josh's personal favorite movie. I used to watch it when I was a kid. I used to love that movie, man. That's it's where I first sad. learned about John Lithgow and all he had to offer as a comedian. <laughs> um... It begins on planet Nimbus 3 in the neutral zone. Also known as Mad Max Town. Yeah. And there's like a, like, you know, the evil biker man from Weird Science. It's like his younger brother digging holes in the fucking desert. Yeah, it's that guy. It is that guy. I don't think it is that guy. I think it is. He's much too small. Uh, John Larroquette is his name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Running jokes. That's get the t-shirt. Um, I wonder if I'd get sued by John Larroquette if I made like a John Larroquette t-shirt. I don't think so. John Larroquette's probably gonna like be dead soon anyway. Everyone else is dying. Everybody else is fucking dead. <laughs> but this scene looks like it's out of a completely different fucking like series. Yeah, that this movie. Like, takes a lot of liberty with the Star Trek universe. A lot of bad liberties with the Star Trek universe. And Planet Nimbus 3 is definitely one of those bad liberties. Nimbus 3 doesn't make any sense from, like, any standpoint whatsoever. It it does not make any sense. especially, it makes no sense in the Star Trek universe. It's... It's weird. It's like, it's like, so this place is a place where it's like a free planet, right? Like nobody owns it. So like all three of the superpowers, the Romulans, Klingons, and Federation send ambassadors there, but they're shitheads. They're they're like the shitty ambassadors. Nobody, like one of them is a big fat drunk. The other one is like, I don't know, like a cigarette smoking guy from Ninja Turtles 2, the scientists who make the ooze. He he is the secret of the ooze man. I wrote that down. Every time I mention him in my notes, it's the guy from secret of the ooze. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a weird name. Oh, his name's David Warner. Never mind. Yeah. What a fucking weird name. His character's name is St. John Talbot. Okay. Okay. Then. Everyone went out and ran out to get the St. John Talbot toy from the Star Trek V. <laughs> but they're sent to the planet because they're shitty, right? It's like Antarctica. Like, you get sent there because you're bad, right? Yeah. It's but like, like that old joke. It makes absolutely no sense that the three superpowers would make a neutral planet that they can yeah. all go to or whatever. It like, doesn't make any sense. They they haven't worked together up until this point. There's right, been, they, like, open war Right, they haven't worked together, and there's no reason for them to be on this planet. Like, there's no. just no reason for it. There's no resources on the planet. It's a yeah. giant fucking desert. It's not valuable at all. <laughs> it's Mad Max planet. There's yeah. nothing there. Yeah, they took away all the guns. Like, so there's no weapons allowed on Nimbus Three. So, so what do you think happens since it's like you know, dude? They just make guns. They just they they make their own guns. It's dude, like what? Nimbus Three is rich in at least one resource. Earth horses. 
Like, Don't they make the horses look weird, though? Don't no, they like- they're just regular fucking horses. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> no. But this fucking bald dude's digging holes. We never learn why. Yeah. It's just Cybok comes up to him on a regular fucking horse. This guy Cybok, the character, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he gets off his horse and he like makes him cry and then he hugs him. Yeah, he says, "Let go of all your feelings. Let go of them." And the guy's yeah. like, "All right." He's <laughs> like, "No, like give in to your like pain. Show me your pain." Yeah, show me your pain. Yeah, show me. And your if pain. a if a bearded dude came up to me and asked me to show me his pain, yeah. I'd be all on board. Especially on Nimbus Three, where the three titted cat women flow like <laughs> gold pressed latinum. <laughs> Truly, it is paradise. Uh, but Beardy Man pulls his hood off, and he's a Vulcan. And this yeah. is uh, the first time I realized I was watching a Star Trek movie. Right, because there's a Star Trek thing in it now. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is like a good ten minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah, this uh this scene is is about 5 minutes long. It feels like it's about 45 minutes long. Like it's shot That's a that's the theme of this movie. Scenes that are actually <laughs> not that long, but they feel like they're 45 minutes long. That's this uh, whole movie. Yeah, Cyborg doing his fucking like brain games on uh yeah, Spock and Bones later. So, it feels so, like it lasts my whole life. Yeah, so Cyborg is a he's a Vulcan who has this sort of hypnotic power right where he can like he's like a cult leader he's like definitely a cult leader oh yeah he's but he gets followers by letting them letting their pain like of their emotional past like go and i guess it like like makes people just follow him then i don't really i'm not too clear on this vulcan power that he has but power isn't explained is never seen before and is never seen again yeah probably because it was stupid and then they were like never again (laughs) There's a lot of stuff in this movie that I feel like they said never again with, yep. like, maybe Shatner directing, yep. for instance. <laughs> uh, but then we get the most important scene in Star Trek history where Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. <laughs> He's climbing, uh, what is it, El Capitan. To envelop that mountain. Oh, my God. Uh, jo- uh, uh, William Shatner was really into mountain climbing at this point in his life. <laughs> Apparently, and that's absolutely not a stunt double on the mountainside at all. He just happens to have completely different hair and body shape, and he's 20 years younger. There's like a helicopter shot of somebody actually climbing a mountain. But then there's a a set where William Shatner is climbing, (laughs) quote, the mountain, and there's a painting behind him. It's and beautiful. there's fake wind. It's a beautiful painting. <laughs> it is very nice. It's a nice painting. Um, I bet they got rid of it. I bet it doesn't exist anymore. No. <laughs> Everything beautiful is gone. Nothing dead. gold can stay, Pony Boy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we should just talk about fucking The Outsiders, man. That's a great book. And that movie. is a great book. <laughs> and movie. You're right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We could talk about that. It's a, uh, This is a Star Trek podcast. Um, <laughs> On our next podcast, 80s Class Planet. We're talking about 80s movies. <laughs> Uh, man, I'd be on board. Yeah, I would um, too. Well, let's do that. Fuck it. Bones <laughs> is watching him climb via binoculars, and mm. he's bitching like usual. He's like, I don't want to be camping out in Yosemite. <laughs> How dare you climb a mountain, Jim? Ah, I'm on my vacation. Why did I agree? He's like like crazy. It's like over the top. Immediately, Bones is over the top. Oh, yeah. for like For not really... Like you said, it's like they're cartoon characters. He's they're like a caricature characters. of himself. Yeah. yeah. 
Long before Star Trek 2009, yeah, we had a caricature of all the characters. Well, this here. was 20 years before that. So, wait, yeah, 89. Yeah. Wait, yeah, 20 years. That's math. <laughs> um, we get this movie has like one big addition to the Star Trek mythos. And that's uh, sick ass fucking rocket boots. Rocket boots. <laughs> Spock of all people is flying around in sick ass fucking rocket boots. <laughs> he flies up to Captain Kirk, climbing this fucking mountain. He's like two thousand feet in the air, and he just bugs him until he falls. Like he yeah, just he keeps just talking him at off. him yeah. until he falls. He's like, I don't think the record is in danger of being broken, Jim. And he's like, I'm just climbing. He says a stupid, like a like a really dumb line. He's like, he's like, well, I'm climbing it because it's there or whatever. Because like, oh god. Yeah, you know. because Spock is gonna understand that, right? And then Spock does the goofiest fucking flip in movie history to fly can, down and catch Fallen Kirk. You can tell that belt he's wearing is a harness for the rope swing <laughs> that he's attached to that they had to edit out. Why? Why is this scene in this movie? Dude, it, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for humanity. And, like, Have it's a w- really sad metaphor, but... <laughs> Have you ever seen the Fall on Your Sword remix of the interview with uh, Shatner about that scene? No, no, I've never seen it. Dude, that's what I was referencing earlier when I said to hug the mountain. Oh, is that what he said? That mountain. Why do I climb the mountain? Because I'm in love. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to show it to you when we're done. Oh my god, Shatner. He's so full of shit. And it comes through in this movie like sparkling diamonds in the uh, shit yeah. every now and then. Yeah. You can just see exactly where this came out of Shatner's mind. Oh my god. But uh, after that scene's over we return to Nimbus uh, 3 and uh-huh. Paradise City. It's uh, named after the grass the is and green and, <laughs> and the girls are pretty. And the girls have three titty. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that. I didn't write that down. I swear to god. Oh my God, that's, that's why they pay you the big podcast. Books. That's right. That's why I'm poor as fuck. <laughs> but they go, it goes back to Paradise City, and the Star Wars cantina scene happens. It does. And we're introduced to the central character of the story, the cat lady with three tits. <laughs> I just spit everywhere. Because <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I have it written here. The doctor from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, is in a room with the Klingon console. And yeah. a Romulan lady comes in. A Romulan lady with the coolest haircut ever. Yeah, I have uh, these two with a pretty lady who has tall hair. She got real big hair. <laughs> um, I didn't know she was supposed to be a Romulan until yeah. somebody called her one. Because she's wearing like gold shit over her pointy ears. Yeah, they didn't really know what to do with Romulans in like this part of Star Trek. Like They didn't really know how to deal with them. And like at this part in, in history... The Romulans like aren't around a lot. Like they're real weirdos, and like they hide yeah. within their own borders for like a long time. Like, like they're super secretive, and like Romulans don't just go out and do shit for the most part. But There's I guess not I, really that many Romulan episodes in the original series, even for yeah. it seeming like Romulans are such an original series thing. Yeah, you get a lot more of them in TNG than you get them anywhere else. Yeah, TNG is when they when they kind of. Uh, uh, they're kind of like North Korea, like think of them like. But they're they're North Korea with like 
super technology. Yeah. So they, they hide a lot. They're real secretive. They're like um, North Korea if North Korea wore uh, warm downy blankets for yeah. their costumes. And had real tall hair. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it makes sense that they have an ambassador to places because they do need to like communicate, you know, with... But it doesn't make sense that they're on Nimbus 3 no, doing this why shit. would they have founded this planet? What would they have to gain? It would have been a monumental feat of, like, pol- politics for them to even found this planet. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I mean, the next generation outright says that there hasn't been any contact with Romulans for ages. Like, long before this movie would have happened. I think after the 2311 Treaty of Alderaan, they go into hiding for, like... Look at this fucking nerd. Like He's bringing s- up treaties <laughs> and shit. There you go. I, I know my my Treaty of Algeron. So, like, they're they're pretty secretive before that, but that's, like, sort of the last time the Federation sees them for, like, 50 years or so. Yeah, so and that then, was like, after this. But yeah, yeah. Still, like, you feel like somebody would have mentioned, you know, our peoples have worked together before. We founded the Nimbus 3 planet. Right, remember Nimbus 3, that good old time? <laughs> yeah, remember how we our three cultures came together to found a shithole in the middle of nowhere that had nothing on it? <laughs> A dirt, a fucking dirt ball in the middle of nowhere. But uh, while tall hair Romulan is conducting her business meeting there, uh, at at this point in my notes, I didn't know his name was Cybok, or I didn't remember. So I was calling him the Jolly Vulcan. Yeah, he's kind of jolly. He's real charismatic. Yeah, the Jolly Vulcan militia of sand people break into Paradise City and capture the representatives. See, I I don't remember this part because I don't care about it. Well, I don't care either, but we got to put something in the show. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about something. Well, this is a good time to take a break. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> when uh, we come back, we'll talk about more about the thing I don't remember. <laughs> this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> we'll be right back. From a relaxing vacation on Earth. Greetings, Captain. I do not think you realize the gravity of your situation. (laughs) To the most perilous reaches of space. Only one crew dare travel where no man has ever gone before. We'll need all the power you can muster, mister. And we're back. What are we talking about, Jeff? We're talking about the sand people. They bust in to Paradise City. Yeah, they they come, like, charging in or whatever, and they have, like, uh, regular fucking guns. Like, yeah, they, they don't guns. have phasers, or they don't even have lasers. They've gone back in time, like, 500 years of technology and just have guns. It's Mad Max. Somebody re- watched Mad Max and, and was like, or, like, Thunderdome, and was like, we need this. I guess. And then they put it in the movie. It's That's like, exactly what This will fit in Star Trek, right? Like, you would think it would be easier to make, like, a phaser or an energy weapon in this world than it would be to... I mean, I, maybe not, because, like, what? guns are really primitive, but, it like... It would be, like, the difference between, like, if we had a bunch of, like, fucking spare parts and shit laying around, right? Yeah. You could either make... A modern, a shitty version of a modern gun, or a shitty version of like a flintlock pistol. 
Which one are you gonna go for? Oh yeah, that's a good. That's I mean the flintlock because I love reloading. <laughs> I'm big into reloading, and with a gun like that, you always have to reload it. Yeah. What is the firing rate on that? Like a machine gun's like sixty rounds a minute, I think, and spray, I think and like a flintlock is like one round an hour. It's uh, I I do know a little bit about history, and I believe the fastest somebody ever did it was like three rounds a minute. Damn. That's Which is impressive. Really slow, but impressive if yeah. you're in 1860. <laughs> that guy was the fastest gun on earth. At some that was point. a guy now doing it because they can't. Oh. They don't know, you know. Yeah, it's just some dude I, trying it now. I guess there weren't people standing around with fucking pocket watches. And no. go. <laughs> no, they had better things to do, like shoot their brothers. <laughs> uh... <laughs> If only today was like that. Right? It might be. We might be getting there. Pretty soon. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we return to Space Dock. These movies are real fucking big on Space Dock, man. They love ESD, man. ESD is like a character in these movies. Yeah. I love ESD, too. <laughs> ESD is awesome. The Earth Space Dock is fucking sick. I love it's it. It's huge. And uh, Scotty's working on the new Enterprise A, even though nobody calls it that. Yeah, they just yeah. They just call it the new Enterprise. And it's all fucked up. It's all busted. It's Yeah, from... just like in every movie. Like yeah, the Enterprise man. is always fucked in all of like, these movies. They don't have like just crews of people that just fix everything. Like that's no. all you do is you fix stuff. S- you send a fucking bloated Scotsman around to do everything himself. That's how you, you made, work. You made fucking uh what's his name who plays Scotty? Fucking what's his name? <laughs> James Doohan. James Doohan. You make him lay on the ground. The guy is like literally four years away from death <laughs> at this point. Like James Doohan that's, dies in like 1996 or that's something. That's pretty like that. true. He died in 2005. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but, 1990, 2005. But he's he's up there and uh, he's laying on the floor with like a space wrench and he's like, "Fuck it, this shit sucks." <laughs> He does he does a bit of shtick later, which is fucking perfect for a Star Trek movie. Oh my god, I can't wait. I know exactly what you're talking There's, about. <laughs> and when I say that a lot of this stuff doesn't fit well in a Star Trek movie, you can literally do anything in a Star Trek movie. Anything. Like, there are, there, yeah. there are parts in the original series where they go to a planet where it's like gangster planet. And it's the 1920s oh, yeah. there and shit. Who cares? Right. You just have to have your characters... Acting like Star Trek characters in this setting. That's it. Right. That's all you need to do. But once you get away from that, characters acting like Star Trek characters, it's it falls apart really exactly. quickly. But uh, apparently, like Scotty and Uhura are like dating. Yeah, they kind of they kind of allude to that a bit, or allude to like an attraction between the two of them, yeah, which they, is weird. Which is weird. They drop that shit like immediately after this movie. It never gets brought up again. Yeah. Of course, there's only one more movie, so... Yeah, and it's a serious one where nobody has time to... Yeah, I guess they could have mentioned it in Generations. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. I don't want to see that one either, so... (laughs) It's all downhill from sex, dude. Yeah, (laughs) no kidding. With a a brief respite at eight, I'll say. Um, (laughs) Red Alert goes up, and it turns out to be a real Red Alert. And they're like, well, the Enterprise is a piece of flying shit at this point. (laughs) But we're going to send you out 
And yeah. uh, no one asked why. Starfleet no literally has why. thousands of ships, but we're going to send the Enterprise because... Because the Admiral's like, I need you guys. That's what he says. He's like, yeah. I need I need you. I need He's James like, Kirk. I need James Kirk. and Because yeah. uh, he directed the movie. Yeah, and William and he Shatner wrote, me to say wrote that line. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of that. I'll be referencing mm-hmm. some of that later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get like a little bit of shtick again with Sulu and Chekhov are lost. And In the woods. They're also on vacation we're back on we're back on Earth at Yosemite. That's where they're on vacation, right? I, yeah, I guess. So apparently, all Yosemite. You, you go on vacation with people you work with. I don't, but yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I've only had my new job for like three weeks, but fuck all of them. I'm not going on vacation. Yeah, with them. when they go home, that's when I don't have to see them anymore. Exactly. It, it's a good deal we have. Um, <laughs> I take the money and leave. That's yeah, how this operation works. Ooh, take the money and run. I love this song. It's a good song. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to pay royalties for that shit now. I sang it too bad. They won't know. What happens then? I don't remember. They, they, that's it. They're lost. And then like, they get called to come back and they're like, Oh, I don't want people to know I'm lost. So let's pretend we're in a blizzard. Yeah. They pretend it's snowing, even though like they can literally look down and see if there's weather over where they are. What is and, this? Uh, Why is this in the movie? I'm. I keep asking that. It's, but it's, it's a legitimate so, question. It's so goofy. It's just so stupid. And it doesn't make sense. We go back to Spock, Kirk, and Bones. They're camping together. They're eating now, right? Yeah, they're, they're eating beans. Yeah, which is what you do when you go camping in America. Yeah. And Spock <laughs> likes them. And Kirk and Bones are kind of like a dick to him about it. Yeah. They're kind of like a big dick to him about all this whole scene. Yeah. And like, they're like, oh, this becomes important later, but they're like, uh, weren't you scared when you were falling to your death or whatever? And Kirk's like, mm-hmm. nah, I'm, I wouldn't die because you guys are with me and I know I'm going to die alone. Yeah. And just like in real life, that like kills the fucking conversation. Right. Because why, who says that? Because it's very dark. It's a... I I don't mind it because it I think it it's very Han Solo-y, you know? Yeah. And Kirk's kind of Han Solo-y, but, like, it doesn't fit in this movie because at, up until this point, this movie is a goddamn cartoon. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But he, he knows he'll die alone under a bridge a hundred years later. <laughs> uh, Spoiler! <laughs> Then they sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat around the campfire, but Spock doesn't get it because he's a fucking alien. Yeah, nobody knows Row, Row, Row Your Boat. I hate that they sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. I hate it. I get it. I, again, I think it's a metaphor. I think this is uh, Shatner being like, we need like a song that's kind of a metaphor here, right? So yeah. Row, Row, Row Your Boat is like, you know, about going down the stream. Maybe the, it's them going down the stream of time together. Who knows? Life. The stream of life. And it's like life is but a dream or whatever. Right. And that gets referenced later in like the most clunky fucking piece of dialogue that's yes. ever been written. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, Bones is uh, a dickhole to Spock again and they go to bed. Yeah, This all this shit up until this point in the podcast, this is like the first 45 minutes of the movie. Like yeah. literally nothing, nothing happens. happens. Yeah. It sucks, dude. And you're like, let's go! <laughs> and, like, it, 
You realize that at 45 minute point in the motion picture, more has happened. Which is absurd. That's nuts! At least the ship is flying at this point in the motion picture. Jesus. Uh, in this movie, it's like, we're on vacation. Oh, okay. Where, where were we? Oh, fuck. They, the Klingons. The Klingons, like, are shooting space junk. They shoot Voyager 1? or I guess it's not Voyager 1 because it's Voyager. No. I guess it's yeah. Voyager 2? I think it's supposed to be Voyager 2. Yeah. And the dude's name is Captain Claw? <laughs> Well, but it's two A's. It's Claw, I, but it's claw, two A's. Claw. I forget about the Klingons in this movie. Like they're every pointless. Time. There's literally no point to them being they're in more, this. Movie. They're more pointless than Christopher Lloyd is a Klingon, and that's saying <laughs> something. Yeah. Oh my god. But he shoots <laughs> us an, an old satellite, and fucking claymation goes nuts. <laughs> High frame rate. It's like. That, that torpedo hits that, that fucking satellite, and it's like 17 frames ahead get jumped in the, in the movie. You're like, whoa! It flies at you at, like, warp seven. It's crazy. Like, why is that scene claymation and nothing else in the movie is? I don't know, man. Uh, why? They, we, they plot a course for Nimbus 3 because Captain Claw knows that there's going to be a Federation ship there. And mm. he's a Klingon, so Klingons do battle good. Yeah, they want to... Why do they want this? I don't remember. I literally have no idea. Um, because they're warriors, and it's a great battle. Like, whoever defeats Kirk is going to be the greatest warrior because Shatter uh, wrote the movie. That old chestnut, huh? Yeah. We're back to this again. Oh, my God. He's not related to Christopher Lloyd at all? No. He's he a completely different Klingon. He should be like his son or something. Nah, that'd be dumber. What do you think? I think so. At least there would be a reason. <laughs> I don't know. There's no reason at all for him to be in this movie. I know! <laughs> I know! <laughs> it doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> Where they, they t- it goes back to our heroes. Our heroes are on a shuttlecraft and they go... Oh, well, they get picked up first, but whatever. Who cares? And then <laughs> they fly the shuttlecraft up to the new Enterprise... Yeah, they go into the shuttle bay. We get to see the shuttle bay. Yeah, you get to which looks like a warehouse. It's real plain and boring in there. It actually has like a metal shutter door at the end of it, like it's a warehouse. Like the old, like the old Enterprise, like was like a goofy looking like door, sort of like a garage door. Yeah, it's like the big two doors. They just open sideways, and this one's got like a fucking metal shutter, like you put over your bakery. (laughs) <laughs> so that nobody steals your baked goods in the night. The, uh, the uh, clerks, uh, whatever the... Yeah, the, 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 I the assure quick stop. you that we're open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the doors don't even work on this fucking ship, and they have to take it out, because I need James T. Kirk. <laughs> and uh, for real, James T. Kirk is wearing a Go Climb a Rock graphic t-shirt. The shirt. The shirt, jeans. man. Yeah, he's it is he's year, big into rock climbing. It is the year twenty three something, and he's wearing fucking jeans and a graphic <laughs> tee. If Think Geek wants to make uh, no, if Think Geek, if Think Geek wants to make uh, a few extra dollars, they should make a go climb a rock shirt. 
I'm sure you could buy that in your fucking movie theater gift shop after you and, watch that movie. And Jeff and I will buy one, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'll make a Go Climb a Rock shirt. Fuck it's it. like... It's like Shatner was like, I don't think they get enough how much I like rock climbing. Dude, I Can I wear this shirt? Love it. Oh my god, this movie is so dumb. Uh, and uh, <laughs> everybody hates Klingons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's not written like the thing about this movie is that the Klingon hate is not written like. Oh well, we're gonna form an alliance in the next movie or whatever. It's written like, man, those Klingons are literally the worst. Yeah, I'm being 100% serious with no subtext whatsoever. Yeah, I, I. It's it's comical. It's like again, it's like a caricature of like this world. Like, yeah, they don't like the Klingons, but they they're they're like enemies with the Klingons. <laughs> like they're not. Things aren't great between yeah, the Klingons not just and the Federation. Klingon racists or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Like, like right. if you watch like the Day of the Dove, they're not like racist against Klingons or anything. They're just yeah. their enemies. Yeah, and there's a they're begrudging the respect. They're the Russians. Yeah, the Federation is America. The Klingons are the Russians. Absolutely. And, and apparently, the Romulans are the Chinese. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> there, there is like a. Uh, a great opportunity at this period of time to do a Russia and U.S. relationship type movie, which is what six is. Yes. Instead of doing that with five, it's a movie about uh, Mad Max. Yeah, but they couldn't do six yet, though, because six was right when Russia was collapsing. So it, yeah. it's like perfect. And like we didn't know that that was happening yet. Like, this, 89 is the year the Berlin Wall fell. So after this, they were like, okay, we got it. We got a good movie idea. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. And this movie isn't really about Mad Max. It's just that's what this point is. This movie is about... Nothing. It's supposed to be about, like, man's relationship to God. Yeah, and but himself. it falls completely are... flat on his fucking face. There's there's a couple things going on, and they don't, they don't mesh right. Like... There's something there with, like, this movie. Like, there is something there. It's not completely devoid of, like, anything, but it's it misses big time. So, I... That and it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just not done well at all. Like, it reaches for a lofty goal and comes up completely short. Yeah. it uh, It's a whole lot of nothing for a whole little payoff, that's for sure. But uh, in the where next they, scene... Yeah, where do they go? Like, they go... They're on the ship, and then Cyborg, like, gets the ship? Well, no, they, uh... <laughs> did you just jump around when you watched this? Dude, I don't fucking remember any of the stupid <laughs> shit. Like, I don't they, remember it. They watch a terrible video message where Cyborg is telling them he has the hostages, and, like, he doesn't want to hurt them, but he will or whatever... That's and right. Spock recognizes it's his brother immediately, but doesn't tell anybody for dramatic tension. <laughs> he figured he'd keep that one a secret. For literally no reason. What no possible reason out. could he have? There isn't. There isn't. And you then, just... like, you think you're going to learn why he kept it to himself, right? Yeah, but you but never you do. you never do. Yeah, Spock's just a dick in this movie. And then... <laughs> The next scene, Spock is, like, telling Kirk and Bones that he knows this guy, but he conveniently leaves out the fact that it's his brother. Yeah, that, we'll save that for later. 
it's uh, that'll be more dramatic if we reveal it like offhandedly in a fucking except, comedy scene. Except when it is revealed, Captain Perk, li- Captain Perk, Captain Kirk literally goes. <laughs> he does like a seven take. He's like, wah 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 wah. Yeah. Uh, fucking, uh, the Enterprise goes to Nimbus 3. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just they receive a transmission. Painfully. You're just, like, painfully. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, where the fuck this movie went from here. Because my notes are a little muddled because the movie is a little muddled. Yeah, I don't remember. I honestly, I literally, I swear to God I've seen this movie, like, six times. I don't remember what happened. Oh, they go to the part. planet, and they pretend, like, Chekhov is the captain while Kirk and Spock sneak down to the planet with a crew. And a whore. Okay. And, uh, like, they can't beam the hostages out because their, uh, transporter's fucked up. Right. But this begs the question, was Cybok, like, completely unprepared for somebody to just show up and beam them out? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's kind of like the, uh, what's that James Bond movie where the guy's, like, waiting for the train, like, the newer one. Oh, uh... Not Spectre, the one before that. Quantum of Solace? No, the one after that. <laughs> the one Skyfall. 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 It's like it's like the villain like just knows things and it doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, why, absolutely. Like why did he do that? That doesn't make. Why did he know that that was gonna be that way? Yeah. Like how did Cyborg know that their transporter was gonna be fucked up so they couldn't just show up and beam the hostages out? Right. Just do whatever they want with the transporter. And I like, don't know. Maybe if you think about it for a little while, like the hostages turn out to be brainwashed later, so maybe he thought if they got beamed out, they could he take could over take the over. ship for it. Yeah, him. yeah, maybe. But I shouldn't have to write this movie myself. Right, that's a leap of logic that's not written. So how it doesn't how do you really know? matter though, because that's not what happens. They show up with a busted transporter so that they have to take a. Sh- uh, a transport down. They have to well, Jeff, they built down. that shuttlecraft set. They gotta use it. It's a cool shuttlecraft. <laughs> um, there is dinky. some terrible special effects when the shuttlecraft yeah. lands on the planet. Some of the worst from yeah, that time bad. period. <laughs> it's so bad. And then, like, the most awkward scene happens <laughs> where they're like, we need to get those Earth horses on this alien planet. So we're going to have Uhura do a sexy fan dance. The fan dance. And sing at him. The fan dance. (laughs) And you fucking know that, like, William Shatner was writing this with, like, and then Nichelle finally takes her fucking clothes off because she wouldn't do it with me. We finally get to see them titties. That's what it says in the script. I didn't make that up. It says that. It's like awkward. It's so awkward. It's stupid. It's it's a fucking cartoon, man. It's a fucking cartoon. This is a this is like a plan from Scooby Doo where they'd be like, all yes. right, uh, Daphne, you need to get out there with a fan and dance to right? get them to get the fucking like I Scooby. You pretend to be the captain of the Enterprise. Well, okay. <laughs> I can't remember the name of any of the monsters from Scooby Doo. Franken Robot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Old sure. Man Perkins. I Old know. Man Perkins. I don't fucking know. <laughs> fucking it Old doesn't Man matter. Applebee's. <laughs> yeah. No, they named the restaurant after him later. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was haunted. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
like you're that. writing a much more interesting story than this movie, so it's keep going. It's not difficult. It really is not. At this uh, point. So they they do, like, the they trap the horseman, and they fucking, I guess they kill him? Or they leave him out in the desert to die, one or the other? One or the other. One of them's worse. <laughs> and they steal the horses and ride into the city. Yeah. Because they and, had to land far away, right? Yeah, and they go into the city and are immediately caught. And Brilliant. <laughs> the villains pull out a Super Nintendo Super Scope, and they shoot at Sulu. Yeah. And they all have, like, regular fucking guns in the Star Trek movie. Which, um, sure. <laughs> Dude, I want to I wanna read what I have on the page here. Uh, there's a chain gun. What the shit? <laughs> Kirk does a lot of punching and judo flipping. Spock Vulcan neck pinches a horse. <laughs> Dude, he fucking Conan Barbarians at horse. I forgot about that. <laughs> Dude, somebody was like, what are some cool things from movies? Let's put them in this movie. Dude, what if Spock Vulcan neck pinches a fucking horse? <laughs> They're like, do it. Kirk, fucking do it. Kirk then fights a three-titted cat lady in the bar from Star Wars. Yep. And that okay. goes on forever, it feels like. <laughs> Dude, so far I feel like we've talked about 5% of this movie. It's we're not in we're not even at the part where Cybok has control of the ship yet. Oh my god. Uh, All right. Well, let's take a break and oh then we'll get god. to that part. I might, we might skip around in this movie a little bit. <laughs> it, it's like I don't know, it feels like this is taking a long time. I don't think it is really, but it feels like it. All right, we'll be right back with probably at a different point in this movie. <laughs> On a desolate planet, a renegade Vulcan seeks ultimate knowledge to find it. We'll need a starship. And he will stop at nothing to get it. I dreamt that a madman had taken over the Enterprise. <laughs> you look like you've just seen a ghost. Perhaps I have, Captain. Our destination is the planet Shakari, Eden, at the center of the galaxy. The center of the galaxy can't be reached. If you ask me, and you haven't, I think this is a terrible idea. We're bound to bump into the Klingons. And we're back again. Yes. And who cares where we were? Yeah, fuck it. Uh, there's a big fight scene, and it turns out that the hostages are uh, it's they're like trick. brainwashed. It's all a trick. They're in a cult now. Everyone's in the Cybok cult. Yeah, Cybok takes control of the Enterprise, and Spock won't shoot him. Right. Uh, I actually do want to bring attention to the fact that Kirk says, Kill him! Yeah, he's like, Kirk is like, t- like done. He's like, I've been through five of these movies, and... <laughs> If we could just shoot the bad guy right away, that would be really great. He's pretty fucking bloodthirsty in that scene. He's like, fucking Spock, kill him! Kill him to death! Yeah, man. It's crazy. It's not very Star Trek-ish. No, it's not. Like, no stun weapons? Nothing? Nothing, just kill him. Shoot him with the regular gun. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The the bird of prey closes in on the Enterprise, and Mm -hmm. Kirk... So Kirk has to crash land the shuttlecraft that they're piloting back to the Enterprise... Yeah. ...under Cybok's control in the fucking Enterprise, like, right up the butthole of the Enterprise. Yeah, they crash right into that butthole. That's where this Dave Matthews Band song, Crash Into Me, came from. That's a fact. That's a true fact. I don't know what to say to that, Josh. <laughs> I silenced you. That means something. <laughs> I was so in awe of that fact. 
Um, it's a good fact. <laughs> but any anyway, like Kirk and Spock and Bones get thrown into the brig, and Kirk yells like all the 20th century profanities he learned in the last movie. <laughs> it's like double dumbass on you, Spock. <laughs> Except it's not, like, fun, friendly, like, yeah. uh, I don't understand these words. He's like, I gotta knock you on your ass, you piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, he's pissed, man. He's <laughs> fucking pissed. You fucking dumbass. <laughs> and uh, Spock eventually reveals that Cybok is his brother, and Kirk gets mad. Whoa, 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 what? He's like, why didn't you tell me? And Spock's like, well, yeah, there's no reason. There's just no reason. I for didn't it. tell you because it would be more dramatic now. I figured I wouldn't tell you in the chance that, you know, you would shoot him and kill him. <laughs> Maybe if I would have told you, somebody would have brought a fucking stun setting phaser down with us. But they <sighs> get they get locked in the brig, which is in- inescapable. And of it's course. it's too powerful because there are fluorescent light bulbs not touching <laughs> yeah. on the front of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> uh Cybok brainwashes the crew. The weird thing about that is that right after that scene, like a little bit later on, um, after Kirk and Spock and Bones have tried to escape and they get caught, yeah. Um, Cybok like tries to brainwash them, except Kirk, and yeah. they, uh, Bones and Spock just both decide not to work for Cybok. What does that yeah, I, say that, about the rest of the crew? That always bothered me too. Like, so, so like Cybok like puts you into this like dream state, right? Where like you are experiencing like a painful memory. And this part of the movie is really good with like the 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 Bones part with his dad. Oh yeah, it's it's actually like really heartfelt as fuck and like yeah. it hits you really hard. It's really well done and it it's a really cool like insight into Bones, you know, yeah. like that you don't get usually like how he like euthanizes his own father cuz he was dying and how it fucked him up for like ever. Yeah, it fucked him up especially because they ha- they created a cure for what was killing him like a yeah. month later. Yeah, it's fucked up, dude. <laughs> It's so fucked up. It's yeah. way too dark and heavy for this movie. This yeah, it's, farce. it's super dark. It's super dark. But then, yeah, then, like, Bones is like, okay, fine, like, I don't feel that pain anymore. And then Cybok is like, we're going to the bridge because we got to go to the barrier, right? Which is, like... Yeah, the, the barrier at the center of the universe, which we had not heard about. Right, which is complete bullshit and bullshit. It's just bullshit. It's a fucking bullshit. It's bullshit. There's no science behind it either. Yeah. Star Trek has always at least tried to fake science behind things. Star Trek, and especially at this point in time, had a real... Not not like a little bit after, like a little bit before this, rather, it had a hard time deciding how big it wanted to be, right? Like yeah. In the original series, they're like, we fly around the galaxy, and, like, the entire galaxy. But, like, they, they realized for it to be, like, a political drama, there needed to be boundaries for these places. Yeah. So they shrank the Federation down into just one quadrant of the galaxy. But in this movie, they're like, fuck it, center of the universe. <laughs> like, yeah, we're what? going to the center of the universe. <laughs> like, what the shit? <laughs> All right. I, I guess. Whatever. But fine, right? It's like fine. Right the scene where we get this like really deep, heartfelt, like dark yeah. look into Bones' past. Yeah. Uh, Scotty bangs his noggin. Scotty. <laughs> oh my god. This movie, man. At this point, I'm checked out every time. At this point, I'm like, it's yeah. gonna be over soon. I think so. 
And, like, no, right before that, actually. That happens, and then you get the scene where, like, Spock brings out the rocket boots again, right? He busts them out again, right? And yeah. they fly up the shaft, like, holding on to Spock, and almost hit the ceiling. It's like a fucking Marx Brothers gag, almost. Yeah, that's like Willy Wonka. They drink too much fizzy lifting drink, and they almost hit the fan. And then, uh, Bones had to euthanize his father, because he was <laughs> suffering so much. Yeah. And then Cybok's like, Bones, Spock, you're with me on the bridge. And and they're like, no. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. but why did everybody else? Who wrote this movie? T.J. Hooker? <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote this movie? Rescue 911? <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote this movie? The Hotels.com guy? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know any other more things that he said. Who wrote this movie? Uh, Boston Legal? <laughs> that was his name in it. First name Boston, last name Legal. It's me, Boston Legal. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, uh, they, they, they get out an emergency signal or whatever. It's intercepted by the Klingons. Remember them? They're back, apparently. And Captain Claw, which is his real name, decides yeah. to follow the Enterprise into the Great Barrier. And, yeah. uh... The funny thing about that scene, though, where Cybok is, like, brainwashing Bones and Spock is that Cybok says he wants Kirk's respect more than anything. Yeah. And I wrote, uh, he he wants Kirk to respect him more than he wants to meet God because <laughs> William Shatner wrote this movie himself. Yep, because William Shatner is God. <laughs> William Shatner, narcissist aficionado. Anyway, they uh, everybody's like fucking like uh, we're going to Eden. We're going to space version of Eden. We're going to Klingon version of Eden. Whatever. Yeah, they all say their own like cultures, mythological version of the, what it was, right? Yeah, uh, there is mythological. Actually... I would like to point out mythology. It's mythology. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. It is. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna <laughs> pretend. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I keep going back to the mind control shit with Bones and Spock because there was a lot I wanted to talk about it, so I'm just throwing yeah, yeah. shit no, in yeah, go. as I go Fuck along. It. But there's a really fucking great scene where we see Spock's birth. Yes. And Spock gets handed to Sarek, and Sarek, like, disgustedly says, yeah. so human. It's it's really good, right? Like, that's yeah. really good. Who directed that shit? Like, that is great. <laughs> but, like... That's like two instances that happen immediately after one another. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's all you get. Yeah. So they fucking they go through the barrier, right? Yeah. The great Which no one has ever come out of or whatever no. the fuck. And there's some cool ass like uh food dye being dropped into water special effects. <laughs> nice. It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they see a, a glowing world or whatever, and there's some fucking terrible-ass corny dialogue with Kirk saying, like, you know, life is a dream if that's really God. Right. And then, like, it pans down to the thing on the wheel that says to boldly go where no man's gone before. Yeah, they have a, uh, uh, like a ship wheel, right? It's like an old ship wheel, right? Yeah. Because, you know... They needed to hit that one home again. Yeah, you need to know that this is a spaceship, like a fucking sea ship. <laughs> right. It's like, okay. Anyway. And then at this point, uh, 
something happens. Well, no, they realize they like Kirk realizes he wants to go down on the planet because he's Kirk and he, he's curious, right? He's now curious. he's in. Yeah. And they take a shuttlecraft down there, and Kirk wants to take a gun to meet God, but Cybok ain't about it, about it like he is. Makes him yeah. st- stow his gun. Everything on Eden looks uh, mysteriously like uh, the Southern California desert, but because that's still the that's all they could drive there real quick, so <laughs> they figured, fuck it. Uh, that's it, weird. That Vulcan looks like that too. Yeah, it's strange, isn't <laughs> but it? But orange. <laughs> it's weird how planets just seem to be tinted Southern California. <laughs> weird. Um, they keep doing the slow pan in on uh, screens that say the Vul- the Klingon bird of prey is following them, but no one ever notices. Apparently, they don't care. Fuck I it. They're about to meet God himself. What a, what a, what what a what a what a mess up. What a mistake. Like because like you can't have them not notice that the Klingons are there, but have the ship notice, right? Yeah. Cuz you could you could write around that by being like the ship can't see, the sensors don't work in there, kind of like in Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Like you can do whatever. But like I mean, can- shouldn't it be making noise or something? Shouldn't it be telling them? I mean, it's a fucking like robot. The ship's like its own robot, right? Like it just will be like, hey. It says shit, right? Like yeah. it's it, every other time in the movie, it's like bird of prey incoming or whatever. Right. right. Collision core. Like, oh, in- collision imminent or whatever. You know what I mean? Like any anyway, they fucking they go down to the planet and they walk around. And then there's this really awkward scene that's, like, super true to life but shouldn't be in a movie where everybody's, like, really, like, embarrassed that Cybok was wrong and they don't want to say anything to him. Yeah. It's, it's, uh... Yeah. Because they can't find it, right? They're like, yeah. where is where is he? Where is God? And then giant stone pillars shoot up and make a rib cage Like, humanity. Get, get it? Get it? Like, Adam and Eve. Get it? Get it? And Did you get it yet? It makes a hole, and everything turns into a really dark set where you can almost make out the walls. Yeah, you can almost see like where the set ends. Definitely. Um, then there's a cool laser light show at the end of it. And they play Laser Floyd. And, and then a booming voice comes out. And at that point, I'd forgotten what happens after that. So I was like, well, that's a, a decent way to get around showing like a deity or whatever. Like, yeah. have... A light show that speaks, but right? Then, it's just a, 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 a an entity that is doesn't have a shape. Like yeah, fuck it. but then fucking Zeus comes out of it. Yeah, Zeus Santa Claus comes out of it. He comes out and he's a big floating head. Like I said, he's Zordon from the Power Rangers. Yeah, man, <laughs> with a sweet beard. <laughs> Giant fake ass beard, it, dude. It looks like a, it, I think they were going for like a Da Vinci esque kind of thing, yeah. but it does not. Oh, look! <laughs> if good. it was real, they went out of their way to make that shit look not real. I think that was a person in a fake beard. I think that's yeah. what it really is. <laughs> and, and Zeus is like, I want to take a starship so I could leave the Great Barrier. And yeah. there's that classic line: What does God need with a starship? Yeah. And then the other classic line, you don't ask the Almighty for an ID. Right. But, yeah, so, like, at this point, like, Kirk is like, hold on, wait up, hold up. Yeah, wait a second <laughs> yeah. here. Are you yeah. trying to trick me, God? Yeah. 
and, and uh, uh, God gets pissed and shoots his ball and ass heat vision at Kirk. <laughs> and then at Spock. And yeah. Cybok says the weirdest fucking line at this point. Mm. He's like, why are you hurting my friends? Yeah, Cybok, like, turns into immediately a good guy. Yeah, which, I mean, he wasn't ever, like, a fully bad guy. He was just a nut job. Right, like, he doesn't... Right, he's... <laughs> He's but not. Why yeah. you're not friends? You kidnapped these people. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You you stole their ship and made them go into this great re- barrier reef where nobody comes back from. It's yeah. like your yeah, guys not, shot machine guns at them. We're not friends, dude. <laughs> and the 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 beings just like yeah, I'm a prisoner on this planet, and I want to use your starship to escape. <laughs> and if you don't do it, I'm gonna kill all of you. Yeah. And then Cybok's like, no, no god of whatever the Vulcan heaven is would do this or whatever. Yeah, and so Cybok jumps in and starts, like, fucking, like, turnbuckle wrestling with this motherfucker. He uses his Vulcan power on him, right? He's yeah. like, show me your pain or whatever his catchphrase is. What a badass catchphrase. Show me your pain. It would be badass, except that Cybok's like... A fucking hippie. A Vulcan hippie, mind you. (laughs) So, like, a triple hippie. Then the Enterprise fires a photon torpedo at God and blowed him up. That's how God died. (laughs) And no one notices the bird of prey still. And Kirk and company try to escape the planet's surface, but fake God won't let them. Because fake God's like a writhing death God now. It's like it's like screaming. Yeah, it's like, it's actually like terrifying in the background. I'm like, Whoa. It's so creepy. When I was little and I watched it, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, no kidding. That's nightmare <laughs> shit right yeah, it's there. Like, <laughs> That's like the noise it makes. Spock and Bones get beamed up, but they can't beam Kirk up because they don't have enough power. Right, because the transporters are broken, yeah, remember? Yeah, ship's broken. A lot of the fucking problems in these movies are basic contrivances because they had to make the ship broken. Yeah, they couldn't... They didn't want to spend the time to shoot the ship and make the ship get damaged somehow, right? What they, like, didn't, what they didn't want to do is use the tools that the characters in Star Trek have available to them because yeah. it would make all of these situations pointless. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, they. It's, the thing about the Star Trek television show is that they created situations where all of the abilities that the Star Trek crew had weren't good enough, and they had to figure out new ways. That to was do the it. problem. Yeah, the problem was not that they weren't like things didn't work. It was that things were beyond their capabilities and powers to fix right yeah, away. But in the movies, it's because shit doesn't work. Yeah. Just because we had to go, we had to leave for a road trip and we didn't check our oil. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but Kirk runs around on this planet like Scooby-Doo going f- between the doors with the monster. And God follows him around all angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it cuts back to the planet's surface, it's like the fucking Nintendo Virtual Boy. Everything's red. Everything. It's it's really weird. And uh, Klingons show up. Uh And there's like a four-second scene (laughs) where Spock has... uh, The the fat Klingon. The ambassador. The Klingon ambassador. ambassador. Yeah. I forget his name. It has him... Clor? Claude? No. That's Claw, Captain Claw. No, this guy's got a K to Cord. Cord. 
What is with the naming scheme in these movies? Klingons love K names, kind of like how like Italian moms love the name Anthony. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Spitting some truth on this podcast tonight. Anthony. 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 Anthony, get in here. Anthony. <laughs> what are you bringing them dirty neighborhood boys over here? <laughs> um... <laughs> I've known an Italian or two in my day. Yep, yep. But uh, <laughs> uh, the, so the Klingons show up on the planet. They don't like come down onto the planet. They like come up over a ridge. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the. Th- it's dramatic, that's for sure. Yeah, but anyway, they shoot. Uh, like phaser guns. They shoot the disruptors. Yeah, they shoot their disruptors and they kill fake god. Fake god dead. For realsies this time. He's for real dead, yes. And then Kirk gets beamed onto the ship. Like he's like, you Klingon bastards. Yeah, he's he's ready to fight. Taking our fucking jobs. And they (laughs) beam him on board the ship. And uh, the ambassador is there and he makes, he forces Captain Claw to apologize like he's a teenager that got in trouble. Yeah, he fucking scolds him. And Spock was the gunner who shot Space God to death. Thank Space God, he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Kirk wants to make out, but Spock says not in front of the Klingons. Yeah, Kirk's like really like emotional. He's like really like ready to hug him. Yeah. And I think that's the end of the movie. No, there's a big party at the end, right? Uh, oh. There's a celebration. Yes. Everybody's having a good time. Sulu and and Chekhov, I think, are like following the muscle Klingon girl around. Yeah. Staring at her ass. Yeah, they wanna they wanna bite her cheek, which means fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Spock and Bones speculate on God existing in the universe, and Kirk says some super corny shit about God being in your heart. Yeah, maybe he exists in the human heart or something like that. Spock thinks about his dead brother, right? And Kirk says, I lost a brother once. I was lucky that I got him back, right? Yeah, he's talking about Spock. Yeah, what about your actual fucking dead brother? <laughs> his name was George Kirk Jr. You grew up with him, you saw him die. We've moved on from that, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I know in the series, George Kirk Jr. was just uh, William Shatner with a mustache. But yeah, he's uh, Thomas Riker, right? But for, for for fuck's sake, you had an actual brother. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, what a great, like, what a great sentiment, though, right? But it's also like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Written by a guy who didn't pay much attention when he was starring in the show. This movie is like there's stuff there. Like there's there's like a there's like a frame there for a movie, sorta. There's like half of a frame. The movie we can get into final thoughts because the last part is just the row 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 your boat scene. Yeah, Yeah, they go back to Yosemite to to have more beams. Yeah, that was a fitting in for the fucking movie. Yeah. You know what movies want to end on? Uh, three guys doing a fucking roundabout of fucking row, row, row your fucking boat. Ugh. This movie's a piece of shit. Is the point I've been trying to make for the six hours we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> Do you know what song The Matrix ends on? A Rage Against the Machine song. <laughs> <laughs> and this one ends on row, row, row your boat. Well, we can't all be The Matrix. Really Come good. on! <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, yeah, this movie, um, I don't know how long this movie is. I'm going to look it up right now, but I'm going to tell you that it feels much longer than that. It does. It it felt like an ordeal to get through, and not just yeah. because I was constantly grabbing my TV remote to turn the sound down when explosions happened. It's an hour and 47 minutes, which is not very long. That's it? If this movie it feels, feels like, like two and a half hours. It feels like two and a half hours, yes. It, it's... Ah, uh, uh, dude. It's... It came out in 70 millimeter, so well, you want to watch good, a 70 millimeter version of Star Trek V. <laughs> dude, I don't want to watch the one millimeter version of it. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. It's such a bad movie, though, is the thing. Like, when, when somebody compared it to Nemesis, I had to think for a little while about which one I thought was worse. I, I would say that Nemesis is is much better than this movie. This movie is so know. bad. Nemesis is like the exact opposite, where this movie's like a goofy cartoon caricature, and Nemesis is like a depressing-ass fucking yeah. jaunt through human psychosis. Nemesis, like, I think ages a little better, because now you look back at it, and you're like, oh, they, they knew this was the last one. Like, they knew, right? Yeah. They knew they weren't going to be making any more TNG movies. This was almost the last fucking Star Trek anything ever. Yeah, they weren't gonna do six. Uh, this movie is a, a giant smushed turd in between two deliciously toasted slices of bread. Like, the two movies bef- like after and, be- and before this movie are fucking phenomenal and this yeah. movie sucks a fat dick. <laughs> I don't want to lay blame directly on William Shatner. I'm fine with that. <laughs> but I'm going to lay blame directly on William Shatner. Yeah, I I mean, he if he hadn't written it, maybe we could say, like... Mm. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Harv Bennett also wrote Search for Spock and uh, The Voyage Home. Yeah. And I feel like he was the one who wrote those scenes with Cybok's mind control powers. Yes. Because they're far better than anything else in the movie. They're really, really good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you watch a movie and you can pick out who wrote what scenes, that's typically not a very good movie. Like, (laughs) uh, Prometheus, you can pick out every scene that, uh, what's his name wrote? Fucking Damon Lindelof. Yeah. You can just be like, oh, Damon Lindelof wrote this scene. Like, you can just tell immediately. That's true. Oh, there's a mention of Jesus? Oh, I guess Damon Lindelof wrote this part. (laughs) Jesus was a nine foot tall pale bald man. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> we nobody thought that this was strange enough to comment on or anything. <laughs> they just omitted that from the <laughs> Ah, nine foot tall pale bald man? He must be Jewish. Yeah. Like what what? Fucking uh Illuminati did it, whatever. Yep. Damon Lindelof, that's, writing's uh, finest writer. That's fucking uh, Assassin's Creed right there. Like, <laughs> I've played Assassin's Creed 3 recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, for one. <laughs> and don't. Uh, for two, that whole series is literally just, don't ask any questions, the Illuminati did it. Who yep, cares? Illuminati. <laughs> the hand wave of the Illuminati. <laughs> hand wave. Don't look at it. Yeah, um, man. This movie, man, it it brings out the worst in everyone. This e- everybody gives their worst performance in this movie. Everyone's pretty terrible in this. 
at some point. That, that's, that's all right. We didn't talk about the, the Scotty hitting his head thing. I mentioned it, but yeah. Like he's like, I know this ship like the back of my hand, and then he turns around and walks not one, not two, not three paces, a good like six paces, looking down, acting like he doesn't see this thing, and he hits his head on a on a on a beam, and he gets knocked fucking unconscious. They wouldn't even do that type of gag in a Hanna Barbera cartoon. That's like a fucking like. Oh my god, I can't even think of something bad enough that it would be in. A, a much more subtle way to do that, like if you wanted a moment of levity there, is just have him say that line, and then have him turn around and almost hit his head. You know what I mean? You like, could have had him hit his head, though. Like, just right. turn and have him not even head. a single step. He just yeah. turns and moves to step and hits his head. Hits and goes, his ah! head. And he goes, ah! And, and, that, and then you cut there. And, and then he like kind of like looks around a little bit, like shiftily, to make yeah. sure nobody saw it. Maybe they didn't see on. Yeah. Exactly. You don't have him fucking fall on the ground unconscious. Yeah, he had to get taken to fucking sick bay. <laughs> he was unconscious for half the movie. Yeah, he gets like out of commission. <laughs> uh, he gets a purple heart for that though. <laughs> or whatever oh the Federation God. version of purple heart is. <laughs> the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Yeah, the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. <laughs> They gave to uh, a complete asshole Vulcan twice. (laughs) Now you know. This is neither here nor there, but there's... uh, For anybody who knows what I'm talking about, there's an episode of Deep Space Nine where there's just a team of Vulcan baseball players, for convenience sake, that play baseball against uh, Cisco and his friends. And (laughs) that's cemented for me. There were, like, hints here and there throughout the series, but that's cemented for me... That the writers of Deep Space Nine fucking hated Vulcans. There's a couple episodes where Vulcans are not good. Yeah, they hate Vulcans' fucking guts. There's a Vulcan serial killer on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. How does that make any fucking sense? Anyway, Deep yeah. Space Nine's great. I love the series. We'll get we'll get there, but uh, we'll yeah. get there one year. Well, they had to look. They had to have a Bad News Bears episode, <laughs> so yeah. they were like, "Who's really good at baseball?" Since uh, nobody plays it anymore. Who's really good at baseball? Vulcans. Vulcans. They're great at it. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, Just hitting home runs, like, all day. We're trying as hard as we can to get away from this movie, subject-wise. Well? I think we've said everything there is to say about it. It's fucking terrible, and I hate it. I don't recommend it to anyone. I, I would recommend it if uh, you are a fan of things that are terrible. Mike Mike Sadorf was telling me that him and his mom were watching the films in order, and they're up to five, and I and they were like, and he was like, we're just gonna skip it, and I said no, I said no, Mike, you have to watch it because I had to watch it twice this week. <laughs> you have to watch it because you have to earn the right to watch the final movie. Yes, if you're gonna watch six, you might as well cleanse your palate with the dog shit of this movie. I would recommend this movie uh, for people who like bad things. So if you loved Star Trek Into Darkness... This is up your this alley. This might be the film for you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you were offended by that statement, uh, suck a dick. If you're offended by that, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. Uh, so we're going to take a break. Yes. And then we'll come back and answer some email questions from you. Email, 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 email.
We'll be right back. Emergency channel open. A hostile force has taken control of our vessel. Put us on a direct course with the Great Barrier. Understood, Enterprise. We are dispatching a rescue ship immediately. Clark! Bird of prey bearing 105, Mark 2. Let me do something. Mr. Sulu, full ahead. Transfer power to warp drive. Warp speed now. The greatest enterprise of all is adventure. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. And we're back with questions from the audience. You can send Yay. in you can send in those questions to uh, mclassemail at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Refer to a previous episode for why we don't have the actual name of the podcast. Someone stole it. <laughs> Our first email is from Carl Schultz. I love Schultz. His, I love his Peanuts comics. <laughs> he says, "Hey guys, liking the podcast? It's cool. Thank you. Thank you." Uh, question what's something you think doesn't work about Star Trek and how would you fix it for example I always thought the Ferengi were too cartoonish and if the series had expanded their concept of profit to include things other than money like knowledge power happiness etc they would have been more interesting as a species hmm that's a good point I you get a little bit of that though with uh, the Ferengi who like is a bounty hunter Oh yeah, and he like profits through like uh, killing. Yeah, well, he well, he, wants, he, he profits through like he's like the most dangerous game hunter. He yeah, wants he to, wants like, a challenge. Yeah. yeah, he wants a challenge. Yeah, that's a yeah. In Deep Space Nine, I feel like the the Ferengi evolve a lot, like literally. Yeah. Like, a lot their of society. them do stay very much like two dimensional yeah. money grubbing. Yeah, uh, they're yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, that's a tough question. That's a really good question. That is a good question. It's really broad. Yeah, I don't think I would change too much about it. Because, I mean, you have to remember that this is, like, a universe that's been around for, like, a really long time. And Star Trek is sort of, like, always evolving. Or up until recently, it was always evolving. Yeah, <laughs> well. And um, I feel like a lot of the things that they change are for the better. Like, they got rid of the whole galaxy thing, which is good, because there needs to be, like, boundaries, right? Like, there yeah. needs to be. Um, I don't I don't know. I would, I would like to see more. I'll tell you something I would like to see more of. How about that? I would like to see more of, like, how it works. Like, how, how does Earth work now? Right? Yeah, you don't really see a whole lot about what happens on Earth. You get stuff here and there. Like, they go there in, in the shows, and they're like, oh, it's great here. But it's like, yeah, but, like, how how does that work? Like, show me what that's like. Yeah, I mean, you don't even really understand fully if, like, money still exists or not. I get, it, it doesn't, right? And, I mean, yeah, most... Yeah, but they I talk think, about Federation credits. Yeah, I guess they need to trade with other people yeah but what is behind that you know right right so i would i that i mean i guess they can't explain it really because like if they could they would have solved like all of our problems yeah no kidding i want them to solve all of our fucking problems yeah that's what i really want um but yeah i don't know i don't know if i would change too much because i i you can kind of like 
don't know, when we watch these movies, you kind of get to see it, right? Like, you get to see how this show and, and these movies are evolving into into what we would consider Star Trek. Yeah. Right? So, and we're it's taking a process. And we're like a giant leap ahead by skipping over TOS to go to the movies first. Yeah, well, that's not a big deal, because I, dude... <laughs> I think the second episode of TOS is called The Man Trap. <laughs> mm. Right? And it's like a planet where like everyone sees their perfect woman and it's like a Venus flytrap. Yeah. Mm, but the you, 60s. Right after that you get the Corbinite the Corbamite maneuver though, which is a great yes. fucking episode. Yeah, that is a good one. Um so it's hit or miss. And we're going back to TOS after this is over, so Yeah. If there's a concept that I think uh, could have used some work, it's the fact that uh, so much of Star Trek doesn't try to extrapolate what life is like in the future. They just make, like, weird little analogs to modern life. Yeah. To the point where, like... Uh, it's kind of like mine, not the, where I think we're on the same page with that one. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like how... Uh, I started watching Voyager, because mm-hmm. I finished Deep Space Nine. I did, too. And I started watching it again. And at some point, like, Tom Paris goes from being this, like, uh, devil-may-care kind of, like... Han Solo. He's a Han criminal type of guy to just, like, to just fucking loving the 20th century, specifically 1996, so <laughs> much. Yeah, he, he knows things about, like, our time that somebody 400 years from now probably wouldn't know. Could you imagine how much of a giant fucking loser somebody would be if you talked to them and all they ever talked about was like the 1600s or yes, whatever? Yes, because they're called Renaissance Fair people. Sorry, <laughs> everyone who loves... Re- Sorry, Mel. I know you love the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> Dude, I'll go to the Renaissance Fair today. I fucking love the, men- the Renaissance Fair, but there are people who are really into certain periods and like... Yeah, like it... it like that, that's it's really like, cool. That was done specifically because they knew they could mention a bunch of 1996 pop culture shit and right. get people to watch the show. Right. But that type of shit just does not fit in the setting whatsoever. And they do that all the time where they just sneak these little references in and shit that just It would be it would be f- fun more fun if he like got stuff wrong. Kind of like F- Futurama does that all yeah. the time where they have a joke where like they go back to Roswell. They like go back to 1947, right? New Mexico. And the <laughs> professor is like, I'll take a, sh- a shot of whatever and some femaslim, please, or whatever. Because he doesn't know what food is. Then. Yeah. Because he wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, you went back to... Tom went, Paris would. Oh, yeah. Tom Paris definitely would. If you went back a thousand years ago and you went to a, a fucking, like, uh, inn, and, and like you'd be like, I don't know what to order. Because, like, you wouldn't. You, what, what do you eat? Who knows? Bread? <laughs> yeah, I'll take uh you'd order too much. You'd be like, Yeah, I'll take some bread, some cheese, yeah, maybe some meat, and they're like, Do you have like are you a king? Yeah, do you have gold? <laughs> <laughs> and then you show them your cell phone and they'd be like, Oh my god, you're a future wizard. You show them your cell phone and they'd be like, I don't know what that is. Get the fuck out of my end. <laughs> and it doesn't work here. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Wi Fi password? Mead rules. <laughs> Look at this. Tetris still works on my phone. You don't got that shit then. I got snake, bitch. <laughs> Josh is old. I got. I have a brick phone. I don't. 
But no. I love Snake. Snake was great. Snake was great. Where? Did, why don't we still have Snake on new I phones? guess the answer to this email is more Snake in Star Trek. Exactly. <laughs> why don't they play Snake in their off time? I'm sure Tom Paris does, because he's yeah. crazy. I always I, thought it was weird when he gets the TV and he puts it in the... Yeah. In the like, and he, like, watches television shows on it. I'm like, how the fuck are you getting that? It's, like, it's weird because it's, like, why would you, why would you right? Like, yeah. I wouldn't, ne- I don't watch TV too much now. Like, I don't I have don't a either. television that works, like, cable television. So, being free of it is, is phenomenal. Yeah, it'd be, like, I don't even know, like, getting, a, buying a giant transistor radio that takes yeah. up half your room. Right. And listening to it <laughs> every <Yeah>. night. <laughs> uh, so the answer to your question is giant transistor radio. <laughs> Our next email is from Hoops. Hoops. Harvey Rollins. Harvey <laughs> says, You guys have inspired me to rewatch TNG for the first time in years, and something's bugging me. Okay. They had evidence of intelligent life on a planet, and Picard declared to a Klingon, an android, and a half-betazoid that it was humanoid. <laughs> humanoid! Yeah. Surely Worf would have interrupted him to ask why they aren't Klingonoid, you old racist asshole. <laughs> it's bugged me every time since then, so here's my question. Is Picard <laughs> a product of a systematic alien racism, and is he perpetrating <laughs> said racism? Well, it's, I, it's just a term, man. It's I would, uh, yeah, I would say, yeah. Our our human perspective and our language is built on our human perspective, right? I don't think a Klingon would get offended by that, or anyone would get offended well, it's by actually that. Actually, like, uh, like a fucking universal translator thing. It right. probably is a completely different word. To it them. probably translates it to something else to them. Yeah. yeah, universal translator is the most perfect hand wave. You can use it for oh, anything. <laughs> Dude, they they do a great fucking job in Star Trek Six with the Universal Translator. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. It's one of the coolest Star Trek things ever that they do. I'm I can't sure wait. that when like Klingons say the word humanoid, because they do, like even amongst themselves, they say right. humanoid. It's uh, in Klingon. It's a completely different word. Yeah, whatever their version of that word is, yeah. right? And yeah. don't pay any attention to Klingons just speaking Klingon and nothing coming out the translator. I mean, essentially, it's like a weird way to think. It's it's weird to think it's racist since what that word means is bipedal and like yeah. bi bisection. Like, what is that called? Like when you're uh, when you're mirrored, your right side is mirrored to your left side, which is what we are. Like whatever that word is, like, and that's what humanoid that. means. Yeah, and sapient. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the answer is really, no. I wouldn't really call it racism. Like Picard is the furthest you could get from being a racist. Yeah, he's like the perfect human being. Like he's like the best human being that's ever lived. He's the greatest. <laughs> our uh, our next question is from Melissa McPhee. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Super fan Melissa McPhee. Thank you for watching, listening, whatever you do. <laughs> Thank you for watching. <laughs> hey, Jeff and Josh. Before Hi. I ask my question, I just want to say thank you for making a Star Trek podcast because I fucking love Star Trek and can't get enough content. Sweet. Sweet. You're welcome. Thank Some you for watching. Some would say I have a problem and that you are enabling me, and they would be 100% correct. <laughs> I've never been one to shy away from enabling an addiction. <laughs> So, you're welcome. Uh, it's almost time for my heroin, by the way. 
it's well, it is heroin o'clock. <laughs> it's always heroin o'clock. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I thought I'd ask vague questions in case you don't get around to my email for five. <laughs> okay. If you could replace any Star Trek character from any of the series with the other dude from your podcast, who would you pick? <laughs> in case that doesn't make sense, I who get would it. Jeff make Josh replace, and right. who would Josh make Jeff replace? Okay, I think I get it. That made it more confusing. I thought I yeah. got it, but now I'm confused. You go first. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I made it worse, but, uh... Like, who would I replace you with on Star Trek? Yeah, who would you make me take the, the place, place of, of right, on got Star it. Trek? That's what I thought, okay. Um, oh, man, that's a tough one. Jordy. Jordy? I would replace you, I would put you in Jordy's spot, because there's a lot of times when I think Jordy's kind of like a weak link in Star Trek. Oh. Uh, as much as I like Jordy. I love Jordy. I think you would be the best engineer. I don't know shit about engineering, so that ship is blowing up the instant something goes wrong. That's why it would be awesome. Because you'd be like, I don't know. You got got that, like, smooth talking. You'd be like, look, Captain, I don't know. I'd be like, "Uh, look, Captain, uh, this seems like it might be your problem. I would also have you talk like uh, Matthew McConaughey from Dazed and Confused half the time. (laughs) Just for no reason. Well, sure. well, well, look what we got here. A warp core breach. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing about high school warp cores is that they stay the same age and I keep getting older. <laughs> Done. Uh, <laughs> Make the change. Uh, I tell you what, I would replace uh, Will Wheaton in everything he's ever done with you. Uh, I, th- I think that's good. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. Uh, Actually, no. Just in Star Trek. <laughs> I would replace... Because who knows what dumb shit he's done since then. Yeah. But, yeah, no Wesley Crusher. It would be Josh Crusher. I would hope that I could stay on the show for longer, though. But I would hope that I would also be a, like more interesting of a character. Exactly. Than, than I could imagine all, like... You wouldn't be like doing like dumb science experiments to fuck the ship up. Yeah, I made I'm in nanobots and I fucking infected the ship. They just be like Picard's like I'm gonna go to Holodeck three and be uh, Dixon Hill. <laughs> Holodeck three's been in use for eight hundred seventy three straight hours. <laughs> I'd make Reg Barkley look like <laughs> Charles Barkley. I think Josh Crusher's been in there since then. <laughs> I do have red hair. I could be I could be the daughter or the I could be the daughter. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sex change confirmed. Oh, that's a a fucking Freudian slip right there. I wish I could be the daughter of Beverly. uh, uh, You know what Beverly means? You know what the name Beverly means? What's that? A field of beavers. That's a real thing. So there you go. I'm going to look that up when this podcast is over and be (laughs) severely disappointed if you're fucking with I swear to God, that's what Beverly means. (laughs) A field of beavers. That's got some weird connotation for Beverly Crusher. Yeah, she crushes beavers, man. Beaver Crusher. (laughs) That's the perfect last name for you. Remember that episode when she was like, I crushed all those beeves? (laughs) That was my favorite episode. It really got into her character. (laughs) Explored her psyche. We know she she tap dances and she crushes beavers. Yeah, she said, if there's nothing wrong with me, there has to be wrong with this universe of beavers. Of beavers. It's shrinking. (laughs) 
Uh, I guess that answers that question. Also, I recently rewatched the Star Trek special of The Weakest Link, and it was really good fuel for my Will Wheaton hatred. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. If you enjoy hating him, I would recommend it. Love, I don't, Melissa. I wouldn't say I enjoy hating most people. I kind of don't enjoy hating people, but... I probably couldn't handle watching that. I do not. I wouldn't want to. Yeah. I don't want to watch anything with Will Wheaton. He's he's so terrible. Like he's so terrible. Dude, he's so fucking terrible. There's a show called Eureka. Did you ever watch that? Yes. Show? Will Wheaton is on that show as like an insufferable fucking cunt. As himself. Yeah. As himself. And I was wondering, like, is he just playing himself in this or what? Will Wheaton is like the self-appointed fucking messiah of all things geek. Which, like, if that sentence doesn't give you, like, brain cancer, then, like, you probably already have brain cancer. Yeah, I was looking forward to my life without brain cancer, and then you said that shit to <laughs> Sorry, me. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> well, guess I gotta spend more time on the holodeck. That's your, that's your make-a-wish. <laughs> Our next question is from Jared Rise. Hi, Jared. Rise? R I E S Reese R I E Reese Reese Yeah Hey guys great episode so far Hey he knows Sweet He knew it was a good episode we're making uh, we all know Star Trek V is full of some less than okay performances Yeah To me the king of crap in this one was Shatner himself Mm-hmm. Honestly, I just don't like Shatner. I know you guys have talked about how he's kind of a crappy person in real life, but what do you think of him purely as an actor? Um, I wouldn't say Shatner is a crappy person in real life anymore. He's really learned how to um, laugh at himself. Yeah, he's much uh, he's much older and wiser now. I know some stories about William Shatner that I can't say on the air. <laughs> he's been partying with Shatner. I don't lately, know him, so. but I know I know somebody who knew him at one point, and um, uh. there's it's like so anyway. Um, yeah, I don't think he's a bad actor. I think he comes from a time when acting was different. Mm. Um, it was more theater-driven, more stage play-y, and they kind of just translated that to television. Because back when he was an actor on television, television was like pretty much brand new. It only been around for it been around for less than ten years. Yeah, it was like super new. So like they were just like, well, we'll just make sets and people will act on these sets. And a lot of acting that he does is set based acting, where you're like interacting with the set, you know, and you're talking to yourself and you're doing like, these monologue type things. Yeah. Um. I he think he's great he's a- as Kirk. <laughs> oh yeah, he's great as Kirk. You're right. Nobody else could have played Kirk. Yeah. You think about the guy who played Pike in right. the premiere episode, like the um, the pilot. pilot. Yeah, I wouldn't watch a whole show with that guy. Yeah, they they were smart. They knew they were like, get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, the executives were like, we don't want him coming back. Yeah, he's not good. Dude, fix fix it. Like Star Trek without Kirk wouldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah. As much as everybody loves Leonard Nimoy and Spock, he couldn't have like pulled the show himself. Yeah, and and Spock in the beginning was like not Spock. No, especially I, in the episode with Pike because Pike was like emotionless almost anyway. Yeah, he was sucked. He sucked. So Spock, like Leonard Nimoy said, I couldn't play reserved with him. I had to play excitable. Up. Had to play up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he didn't have to do that with Kirk, with yeah. Shatner's Kirk. Yeah, because he, he, held, he held the stages on his own. 
Yeah, and I don't... Like, regardless I never... of how you feel about the new movies, mm-hmm. like, uh, Chris Pine is no William Shatner. Yeah, no, he's... He, he pretends to be him sometimes. He pretends to be William Shatner. He doesn't have Shatner. the charm. Like, when he right. does things that are, like, supposed to be charming, he comes off as, like, kind of dickish. He looks... It, it, right, because being charming is, like, really hard to do. And, like, I think Shatner, again, comes from a time when that was an art form. Like... Like, this is going to sound, like, really terrible, but, like, people had a lot of practice being charming then. Now we kind of just are like, hey, whatever, you know? Yeah. But, like, people then were more uh, focused on uh, uh, social so, cues. Yeah, yeah, being, like, socially outgoing and, it, like, yes. capable. It was entertaining. a skill set. Entertaining, socially, yes. Yeah, it um, was like a skill set being yeah. being sociable and charming. And right. nowadays it's not really seen that way. Right. You don't really have to be that way now. Which um, is great because I'm super fucking not and <laughs> I think you're more than you to... are. I think you're much more charming than you think you are. Well, you're just trying to fuck me. I mean, I'm wet as shit right now, so <laughs> I don't know. I didn't watch Boston Legal. I hear he's good on it. Mike likes it a lot. I hear a lot yeah, about it. I've never met anybody who saw Boston Legal and didn't really like it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he's a bad actor. I think he's. he's if you he, want like a good movie to see William Shatner's acting ability in mm-hmm. and how good he is as like a comedic actor, right? Uh, watch the movie Miss Congeniality. Oh yeah, like he plays the judge who is a washed up TV actor. Yeah. And he's excellent in that movie. Yeah. He's hilarious. I, I I think he just suffers from that everyone knows him. You know? Everyone knows yeah. who William Shatner is, so and he was he, never he, really allowed to be very hammy in overacting, but that's yeah. that's not necessarily like a bad thing in some instances. Yeah, he's not like Calculon from Futurama where everyone's <laughs> like, Oh my god, I know that's who they like modeled Calculon <laughs> they did after. Model after. Yeah, that, but... like that's totally who they modeled it after, but and I don't think I think Shatner was a huge douche, but he's he's gotten better as he's gotten older. Yeah, he's, he's really he's also good at, going insane. So yeah, he's really old. Like he's really old. Yeah, <laughs> everyone you love is gonna die soon. He let's see how old he is. I'm on the Harv Bennett IMDb. We don't care about him. He died no, already. He gives a shit. <laughs> Nobody he's, cares about. He was born in 1931, dead. so he's 86. Oh my God! No, Shatner, don't die. No, he might be... Yeah, he's 86. Well, our next email is... <laughs> our next email is from someone who signed it Matthias, but the email name is a completely different name. Okay. So, thank you for lying to us. We're off to a good start on our relationship. <laughs> hey, Josh. Hey, Jeff. Hi. First of all, let me thank you for giving the internet internet the podcast we've all been waiting for. <laughs> is that sarcasm? I feel like it is. <laughs> uh, man, I hope it is. The internet shouldn't be waiting for this. <laughs> right? Uh, you've demanded questions for your upcoming episode, so here I go. <laughs> uh, which Star Trek character would you wish to have with you on a classic Away Mission Gone Bad episode? Data. Easy. I.e. being stranded on an alien planet because the fucking shuttle's a piece of shit in any <laughs> conditions other than a perfect vacuum of space. <laughs> and why is it not Neelix? It's, why is it not Neelix? Because yeah. Neelix is a kitchen rat. I would like to... 
wait a minute. Does the other person die on this away mission? No, I think you just have to get okay, out of... Okay, then I'm not bringing Neelix. <laughs> yeah. I he fucking can't do hate Neelix, He can't do anything. <laughs> I hate him so much. He starts out as, like, a capable character on that show, and they yeah. quickly make him an idiot. Yeah. He's, like, a scavenger, and he's, like, kind of funny. Like, he's kind of, like, goofy funny, but, like, not, like, a clown like he no, turns into. He, he comes... He becomes this character that's just horrifically annoying, and that's supposed to be his charm? Right. And it's like, nope. No. <laughs> not when we're stuck on a ship in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with Spock. Yeah. We both went with our emotionless. That's interesting. Yeah. I, well, I went with Spock, one, because he's exceptionally intelligent. Yes. And he's capable on a variety of different skill sets. Right. And two, uh, because he's super fucking strong and resilient. Yeah. So he's like the min-maxed character. Those are like my data things. That's why I want data. Yeah. Sometimes I daydream that Data's driving in the car with me, and I have to explain to him like what Guns N' Roses is. <laughs> and I'm like, Data. Josh has gone completely insane, everyone. Well, <laughs> gone. Gone. Sometimes I daydream that Sonic the Hedgehog's running alongside the car <laughs> on long trips. But he's Data. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds awesome. <laughs> Dude, having Data along would be fucking awesome, though. It that's, would be great. That's a good choice. I could go for Data, too. It works in both ways. It, it works. It's the same. They're the same character. Like, let's face it. They're, yeah, they're pretty the much. Character. They have a lot of similarities. It's just Spock wants to not be human and Data wants to be human. There's right. that whole scene in TNG where they discuss that. Yeah. Great scene, by yeah. the way. Um, so, next, uh, he also asks, what's your favorite holodeck setting? What kind of novel would you like to see or play in? We kind of talked about this in the break, uh, not the shitty Irish place from <laughs> from Voyager, Fair, Fairhaven or whatever the fuck it's called from Voyager. Yeah, not that. Oh my god, what a, um, what a waste of fucking holodeck space. My favorite holodeck setting is Dixon Hill. You like Dixon Hill? I fucking love Dixon Hill, Man. dude. I'm a I'm a huge huge like mystery novel like I didn't film know that noir, like detective fan. I did not know that. Like about my favorite, you. my favorite writer is Raymond Chandler. All right, that's cool. That's awesome. Oh, that's why I want to be like if I was in Starfleet, I'd want to be like in security. Yeah, you have to figure. it. Yeah, well, so you like Odo a lot then, because oh, Odo yeah. likes that shit. Odo is my absolute favorite character on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, Odo's pretty great. My favorite holodeck scene would be when uh, they make a hologram of Major Kira, but it has Quark's head, <laughs> and that guy wants to fuck her. The hologram version. Is that your real favorite holodeck set? Uh, no, I don't know. Like, look, all right, I'm not going to fucking lie to you. Like, if there was real holodecks, like, people would just be having sex with, pe like, holograms. Well, that's what people do at Quark's. That's what, pe that's what Riker does, too. There's that episode where uh, Natasha, what's her name, uh, Jean Grey from the X-Men, plays, like, this yeah. weird imprinted, like, mating character, and she, like imprints on people and like knows exactly like what they want sexually and Riker's like walking her around the ship and he's like okay I have to go now I can't fuck you and then he's like I'll be in holodeck 3 for the next two hours yeah everybody <laughs> uses the holodeck for that sometimes it's fine yeah, yeah. and uh, my whole question is like where does the 
the like the jizz. Where's the jizz go? <laughs> hey, uh, where does the jizz go? Computer, where does the jizz go? Maybe the hologram, <laughs> since it's like just force fields and shit. Maybe it. Maybe the hologram does like its own version of the cleanup walk, where they go into like some hologram version of a bathroom and they just vaporize it. You would have to vaporize that shit. Yeah, you don't. You can't just like throw it in the waste bin. Yeah, it needs to go away. Like, Especially not on the Enterprise. That shit's gonna mutate into a monster. Yeah, Wesley Crusher's nanites are gonna turn it into some sort of jizz monster. <laughs> That's the last thing you want on your five-year mission. An exocomp is going to touch it and have start having baby exocomps. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> a, a fucking space spirit's going to go into it and make a space baby. Um, I don't know what my favorite setting is. I don't know. Not... Maybe... Mm, uh, oh, God, this is tough. I don't know. I don't know. Not the western scene that Worf goes into. Dude, I love that one too. That's a great episode, though. That is <laughs> That's a fucking such a great good episode. episode. Alexander, that kid is adorable. The kid who plays yeah, Alexander, that he does a really good adorable. job. <laughs> um, unlike, he's like the, the older version. Alexander. No, no, the older Alexander is like I'm an angsty teenager. Yeah. Ugh. Of course, Worf is like the worst father who's he's ever terrible. lived. He's like super. He's a typical dad. He's really bad at being a dad. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Worf Skeletor fight? <laughs> I don't know, yeah, man. Yeah, I love it when he fights fucking Skeletor. Maybe Vic. Maybe I'd go hang oh, yeah, out with Vic Fontaine. With Vic Fontaine. That would be cool. That would be cool. I'll, I'll, I'll settle on that one, Vic Fontaine. Dude, what about, like, uh, the Battle of Normandy? Or, like, the uh, protecting the Alamo? Like yeah, but we don't, the... get to, we don't get to see those ever. Yeah. Any of, that's because it cost way too much fucking money. They didn't have enough money, yeah. <laughs> When they go to like Ryan Bashir holodeck, yeah, go with them. You can't go; they won't let you. That's how that one fucking guy gets murdered. Remember, Dingus gets fucking shot in the heart. (laughs) Uh, Hope you guys have uh, keep having fun with this podcast and bring new people into the space fold. Live long and prosper, Matthias. Thank you. Sorry for my shitty writing. I come from Germany and haven't spoken or written English in a while. You write and speak better English than I do. (laughs) Yeah, dude. You didn't fuck up at all. Yeah, that was... email. Way to go. That was perfect. Native English speakers can't do that usually. Yeah. (laughs) Not in America. It's weird to think that we have, like, German fans. Yeah, it is weird. Well, maybe I'm, like, uh, being a little presumptuous by saying fans. <laughs> German, German <listeners>. fans. <laughs> German one fan. I don't even want to call him a fan. Who knows? <laughs> You're not ready to call him a fan? All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, he might just be, like, a casual listener for all I know. <laughs> That's, like, kind of splitting hairs, but yeah, I, well, I'm, with, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, don't... Uh, if you, that's all of our emails this time. That's it? We had like 72 you, last time. <laughs> you made me pair these down, motherfucker. How many more are there? I'm ready to go. You want to do the other one we got? Yeah, do another one. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me find it. Oh, oh, we have another one from Jared Ray's. Okay. Ray, Jared. Reese. We got another one from Jared. Okay. Are the Borg all they're cracked up to be? My second favorite Star Trek film is unironically First Contact, but several mm-hmm. people in my family hate the Borg. Thoughts? Uh, I like the Borg a lot because yeah. they're the they're the anti-Federation, right? 
Absolutely. Uh, I love that. I don't know. Like at on on like at face value, they're kind of lame because you're like, oh, space zombies, right? And like, ugh, whatever. But well, I think they work like, a little better than that because of the whole like fear of technology taking us over. Yeah, and everything. Yeah. It works on a different level than just like that's true. Yeah, regular zombies. That's a good point. I I, I think the border like a really excellent idea that worked amazingly in next gen. Yeah. The first time they showed up Mm -hmm. and in like best of both worlds and stuff. But I feel like they milked the shit out of them in other Star Trek stuff from then on. Voyager's whole premise is basically like, when are the Borg showing up? Right. Yeah. Like that's that show. When are they going to get to the Borg? Um, they do cool stuff with the Borg. I like, the idea that like you can't beat them <laughs> like that's yeah. awesome um and there's also like a really excellent tng episode with uh hugh hugh yeah that's that's a really great episode yeah i like hugh Hugh's good they get they get into that more in voyager which i think is kind of neat like the only way to beat the borg beat them only way to help defeat the Borg is to unplug the Borg and to yeah. use, like, what they know against them, which is kind of dark, you know? You get into a little bit of that type of stuff in Voyager, a little bit of dark stuff. Yeah. I like them a lot. I think uh, I think out of the, all my Federation enemies, they're, like, probably the best one. They're really... Mm. E- it's real easy to write a story about them. Yeah, you don't have to worry about motivation for them because they have a driving motivation no matter what. Right, and you can just make them do or say like you can just make them be whatever. Like they're, they're like it, a it can force be of nature more than anything. Though. Exactly, you can't, you can't like have um, the the villain that you kind of feel for with them though. Yeah, no, there's no sympathy. Although I guess there kind of is because they're like assimilated they don't have a choice yeah but the queen sort of nullifies that because the queen is a purely psychotic yeah well the queen's a stupid fucking concept anyway that I like <laughs> you don't like the queen i don't like the queen at all like oh no it's supposed to be a hive mind like why do they need a queen they're not ants well they're kind of insect like right they use hexagons and stuff <laughs> only insects use hexagons <laughs> Insects putting up fucking stop signs. That's an octagon. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Insects MMA fighting in a hexagon. There you go. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't know if they're my favorite antagonist. Yeah. Because I, I actually do really like Romulans a lot. Romulans are cool. And I really love the Cardassians, too. Oh, man. The Cardassians are great to hate. That's oh, for yeah. sure. They're so fucking hateable. They're super dicks. <laughs> oh, um, man. Uh, this podcast is going to go on for like six years if we don't call it. Yep, you're right. <laughs> uh, we had another question from Jake Van Ocker. Uh, that question will probably be answered as we go through talking about the original series and next gen. So, and it would take us an entire podcast to answer. Oh my god. So, so thanks a, for writing in. We might get to it another time. We'll save we it. We'll save emails. it for later. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. If you'd like to send us an email and get uh, maybe read on the air, <laughs> you can send that shit to uh, mclassemail at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. 
Or you can follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast. That do one it. wasn't taken. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Follow us, follow, 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 yeah. follow. And <laughs> get your friends to listen. Yeah. Josh will get the, the Continue Show fans to listen one day. If you listen, I'll suck your dick. It's true, he will. Or tits, whatever. I've seen it. <laughs> whatever you got going on. I've done it. But, um... <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, even if you didn't, we'd probably still do it. But it's nice yeah. that you care. Thank you so much, seriously. Yeah, it gives us a cool outlet to talk about something we love. And hopefully you guys love, too. We love it for now. <laughs> for, for now. We'll see when Discovery comes out. Yeah. We'll uh, see. Thanks for tuning in, and well, we'll see you, uh, I don't want to say next week. It's not going to be then couple weeks we'll see you soon it'll be soon it'll be soon we're gonna try and do them maybe a little bit more often i don't know yes we'll see when we start doing the episodes it's gonna need to be yeah put too much time between it i don't know every day (laughs) Uh, oh god (laughs) i got i got a real job josh (laughs) oh no that makes one of us For now. For now. Tune in next time to find out more. (laughs) Uh, See you, everybody. Bye.